Hey there, literary fans, and welcome to episode 9 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host, Jeff Armstrong, and today we're going to be reading chapter 9 of Bringing Balance, a book I wrote in a month. I've been sick all weekend, so this podcast might not sound pretty good. i uh, got a big, nasty sinus infection. I've had to keep a safe distance away from my wife since I'm tainted. But I think it's starting to clear up, but I'm still a little bit raspy. I bet my voice will crack too much. I don't know. It sounds terrible. I'm all phlegmy. Hope you guys can picture this. It's delightful, right? Uh, Anyway, if you want to contact me this week, uh, you can go to my website at jeffreadshisbook.com, and there's some links there where you can contact me. And you know what? I'm going to save all that boring email and uh, Twitter handle stuff for the end. If you really want to see what they are right now, because you're super excited about this episode of the podcast, go to jeffreadshisbook.com. Yes. So my wife brought up a point. She's been listening to the podcast, and she says I am a chatty Kathy on here. She says there's a lot of me transitioning into the book, and I'll say, so let's get started on chapter four, and then there's the little dingly dingly music that sounds like I'm in church, and then... I start the start that section with like, okay, so let's get started on chapter four. It's a little redundant, and I get what she's saying. But her claim is it's because I'm drinking while I'm recording this, and whenever I drink, I get chatty. So that might be the case, but I don't know. These I'm usually not drunk by the time I start the book, maybe towards the end on some of these longer episodes. So I don't think that explains everything. I think I'm trying to make the podcast a little more personable and interesting for the listeners, and probably failing miserably at it. So my wife did get back to me, though, with some more discussion questions. It looks like she's through episode five of the podcast, so I thought I'd read some highlights of what she had. Uh, Let's go to, we'll start with the chapter four discussion questions. There was one in there that I really liked. Oh, so I asked for chapter four. Uh, They... They visited the Surly Swine as their tavern, so if you had a tavern... What would you call it? Uh, her answers, she came up with two good ones. The Valiant Vulture, which I absolutely like, and the Regal Rhino, which I'm a little on the fence on because I don't know if, like, in this land they know what a rhinoceros is. But uh, you know what? I'll give it a pass. I'll give it a pass. They must have had zoos in, like, medieval England. Not that this takes place in the past, though. It's just in the world of magic, right? Uh, what else did she say? Uh, oh, I asked, what do you think of stew? Um, I'm a fan, just not eating at a restaurant. Uh, she pointed out that she does enjoy stew, especially with some crackers with butter on them. Yes. So, uh, let's see. What else do we have? Um, let me see here. And for discussion questions on five, oh, I asked, is it weird? Or something like that. I'm not going to look it up. Uh, I asked something about, is it weird that Margot lives with a... 30-somethings couple or something like that. She pointed out that maybe she's just renting a spare room. I never thought of that. I thought she was kind of being hidden there, but clearly from the way I read the book, that didn't come across. So I guess that's not the situation. She did make a mistake, though, because she said it's all she could afford, and they had a stable for her horse. Well, it wasn't Margot's horse. It was... um, 
Oh, what the hell was that guy's name? Do I have to look it up? Who was the man she lived with? So at least I know what chapter to look in. Chapter 5. <clears throat> I know you guys are real concerned about these. Oh, David. David. This book is full of such boring ass names. Oh, God. Can you tell I'm a white kid from the suburbs? I mean, these are really boring. Anywho, um, oh, she also I also asked, what would you call like a magic bullet or burst or anything? Because I didn't like how I was using it. And uh, so she said, to find a synonym, this is a quote, to find a synonym for magic bullet, I googled the term, but all it showed me was the magic bullet multifunction kitchen blender system. So yeah, magic bullet, that might be trademarked. I could probably be sued if I'm using that term. Am I right? So, that's all I'm going to do with discussion questions. I only get them from from her. So, please write in with your discussion questions or call in. Uh, we don't have a phone number, but you could probably yell at my house. Or if you're in the live audience in my basement, please feel free to speak up. Raise a hand first, and I will call on you individually. Right? So today, we are going to read chapter 9. It's five pages long, and I think this chapter is going to be a little bit boring. I warned you these were coming. So, there's a little bit of character development, though. I don't think it's a worthless chapter, and I'm sure the character development will actually be clumsy and terrible, but we'll have to see. Um, and today, with chapter 9, I'm going to be sipping on a delicious glass of Tito's on the Rocks. Yeah, my wife joked that I'd be drinking bourbon today at this, but I'm way low on bourbon, so... Uh, well, not way low, but I didn't drink much this weekend, because again, my head felt like it was going to explode. Mmm. Oh, Tito's is so good. So, with that drink, I'm probably pretty chatty. So, I guess, without any further ado, let's dive into Chapter 9. So, just to further annoy my wife, uh, let's dive into chapter 9, huh? See, I did it twice again. Alright. <clears throat> and please excuse my reading. Let's give this a shot. The next morning brought blue skies that were barely visible through the thick forest canopy. How did they know, then? What the hell? Erin had taken advantage of the soft bed, sleeping deeply and soundly. She had awoken refreshed, ready to continue their adventure. Stephen had emerged from his room ready to leave, with his bow strapped to his back, along with his sizable bag. Margot looked as if she hadn't slept as much as Aaron, but she seemed easier to... Ooh, easier to begin their journey. Okay, I'm going to guess that's supposed to be eager to begin their journey, right? Henry, in contrast, looked rather miserable. Aaron soon realized why he was upset. Roland appeared with a walking staff and a bag, apparently planning to join the group. The gr oh, God. All right, let me start again. Ready? Roland appeared with a walking staff and a bag, apparently planning to join the growing group on the journey. He led the group out of the hut, down the path, and back onto the road, heading south, continuing through the forest. Margot walked alongside the elder mage, and Aaron was pleased by Stephen's attention to her. Henry followed behind everyone, barely hiding his displeasure. Stephen and Aaron chatted as they walked. 
Erin related her upbringing and her family back in the world of science, huh? I don't think we've mentioned the world of science yet, so... Whatever. That's why I say, like, throw the world of magic, world of science. It's loosely based on a video game. And uh, there was some terrible book I read. What was it called? Hmm. Well, it wasn't terrible, but it was weird. But it was a similar premise, I guess. But it was like a trilogy. Uh, A Night Among Knaves was maybe book two. I'm not sure. But it it felt like there were supposed to be more books that the guy never wrote. kind of just ended. You were like, what the hell was this trilogy? So... Anywho, let's go back. Um, Stephen explained his relatively complex past of being raised by his parents until one day being left with the inn owners as a young boy. He had grown up there ever since, never seeing his parents again. That's awful, Aaron said in reaction to his story. I seem to remember my mother being very upset. Desperate at the time. I was very young, though, so perhaps I'm not remembering correctly. It's all right, though. I've lived a wonderful life so far. Oh, my God. Though appears in two consecutive sentences. That's uh, shoddy writing. Also, I remember my mother being very upset. That sounds like Star Wars, doesn't it? Doesn't Does Luke Skywalker or Leia say something about their mother? Yeah, I don't remember which one. All right. If my friend Glenn is listening to this, who can name every Star Wars character, including bit parts, uh, he's going to be very annoyed that I can't answer that, because I think that was a big part of the damn story. Well, I mean, I know it was a big part. Whatever. I don't remember who said it. That's what I'm saying. And he'd be annoyed, because it wasn't a unnotable line. So, all right, all right. I need a drink. One second. It's not a drinking break. Mm. I think there's only one drinking break in this chapter. Mm. Erin eyed him, and she saw no sign of him lying. The young man seemed eager to help, and she couldn't help but feel there was something between them. Aww. Drinking break. I guess I didn't have to delay for the drinking break. (laughs) All right. Eventually, Erin fell backwards to talk to Henry about the events of the previous night which she still considered odd. Henry, she began, last night something strange happened with Margot and I. <laughs> really? Go on, he joked. Ha <laughs> ha! More sex with teenagers jokes. Great. No, Margot did something weird, she said, ignoring the innuendo. What, he asked. Like, oh, that voice cracked bad there. What, he asked. Erin paused. Well, she asked if she could try on my shoes. Henry broke out laughing, momentarily capturing everyone's attention. Did she really? The others turned back to the business at hand. Shh, she... Ugh, okay, this is hard to read out loud. Shh, she stressed, right? So she's hushing him, but yeah, a lot of S's. Literation. Yes, she put them on and sort of just stared at them. I thought you should know. It seems very out of the ordinary. No, it's normal for her, Henry explained. She has a thing for shoes, that's all. I think she gets ex- I think she gets especially excited about off-world shoes. Ugh. Off-world is uh, split amongst lines. So it says O-F dash, and then the next line F-W-O-R-L-D. That's a typo. Come on. Where would you split that? I would do off 
the whole word the whole word off and then world. Don't you think that's where you'd split it? I forget those kind of rules. Ugh. Aaron remained skeptical, and Henry continued. If you want proof, just take a look at her shoes throughout the day and from one day to the next. She changes them all the time. Aaron glanced at Margot's feet and noticed today she wore a dark maroon boot rather than the black walking shoes she had worn yesterday. She's an odd one, she said to nobody in particular. Yes, she is, Henry said, staring at the female mage walking far in front of the pair. Aaron sensed something extra in his voice. Henry, I think you two should talk. He smiled. I know, but it isn't easy. I don't think she wants to talk. I think she does, countered Aaron. Henry looked at Aaron, and she winked at him. All right, then. I'll try, he said. Drinking break! Mm. Mm. That's some good Tito's. When it's ice cold, mm, it's delicious. So, that last drinking break, not the one I just had, is kind of odd. Because usually the drinking breaks, I change, uh, like, who's the narrator or whatever. You know, so that one was told from Aaron's perspective. And then the next one would be told from Henry's or whatever. But in that case, it went from Aaron's perspective to remaining in Aaron's perspective. So I'm not sure. Is that a typo? That a blank, the drinking break line? I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't know. Because it sounds like it was meant to like uh, portray uh, some time passing. But I'm not sure. When they stopped for lunch... Henry made a feeble attempt at sitting next to Margot to eat, but she once again gave him a cold shoulder. He was beginning to wonder if perhaps he was a topic of discussion that morning between Roland and Margot. As they ate, Roland announced that they would be camping that evening, rather than risking staying in a town. Roland explained that, because they were certainly being followed, they should stray from any large groups of people. Margot was in agreement, so Henry decided not to argue the point. Only Aaron seemed to share his disappointment. After the quick lunch, we don't get to know what they ate. Were there magic sandwiches? Henry returned to his position at the rear of the group. The march was long and uneventful, aside from skirting some small villages along the main road. A nagging feeling remained in Henry's mind as they continued their walk. They had been so close to capture just one day ago, yet there had been no signs of any pursuit or search for them since. Good point. Remember, you got to stop for snacks when you were fleeing. Stranger still was the fact that they were walking towards Eliath, the seat of the magistrates. Their authority should be growing stronger in these regions. If they weren't being noticeably pursued, Henry had to assume that they must know exactly They must know either exactly where the group was or where they were heading. Each village that failed to present any resistance to their progress made the mage more concerned. How fast are they walking that they're going through multiple villages? I guess if you're getting closer to the city, maybe these are like the suburbs. Maybe? I don't know. Still, though. (laughs) All right. Uh, He could not figure out, however, how the magistrates might know where they were. Hmm, how do they know where they were? Interesting foreshadowing. As the evening set in, 
The five travelers found a hidden area in a pasture just off the road. The small clearing <laughs> had been used as a campground before. Well, what the crap? You said it was a pasture and now it's a small clearing? Mm. This is some bad setting. I'm just, I don't know. I figured they'd be in the woods. If they don't want to be seen, you wouldn't be in a pasture or clearing. Ah, this is so bad. The small clearing had been used as a campground before, as a small collection of logs circled a fire pit. Henry watched as Aaron and Stephen sat down on a log next to each other, Aaron obviously exhausted, and Stephen looking looking as he did that morning. Like he was fine, I guess. Did they even... I think we did say something about how he looked. Right? Oh, he emerged from his room ready to leave. So apparently he still looked ready to leave. All right. Uh, Despite his tired legs, Henry remained standing, watching for Margot's next action. Once she found a seat, Henry quickly walked over and sat next to her before she had any chance of protesting. I'm going to scout the area and set up some safety spells, Roland announced officiously to the group before turning. That's actually a good idea, Margot said to whoever was listening. Before she got up to follow, Henry grabbed her arm and said, I'm sure he can handle it. Why don't you relax in the twilight tonight? Aaron stood up next and said, Stephen and I will go get some wood for the fire. Oh, see what she's doing? Leaving them together. The young man obliged, standing as well, as she turned to walk away towards a small group of trees a little further away from the the, <laughs> the road. She winked at Henry. <laughs> road is spelled R-O-D-E. That's classy. Oh, God. Mm. I needed a drink after that typo. That, it, it's when I use word. Ugh, it's frustrating when I'm using a word that sounds like the right word, but it's just spelled wrong. You know, like road and road, right? And there were a few other ones that this occurs in because the spell catcher doesn't, or spell checker doesn't catch it. And, you know, so obviously road passed, R-O-D-E, but it's just so annoying and it makes me look like a dummy. But hey, you know what though? There's 50,000 goddamn words in this book, so I'm going to get some wrong, all right? When the two younger travelers were out of out of sight of the remaining mages, Henry turned back to Margot, who sat looking at the ground. Henry started. Margot, I um Margot looked back at him with nervous but hopeful eyes. Henry, she, she said, "I wanted to Wait, let me finish," he interrupted. "I want you to know that I'm sorry for everything." I never wanted anything to turn out this way. I know, she replied in a sad voice. I'm sorry, too. I wish things were different, you know. How are you, Margot? Honestly, how are you doing? I've been lonely. This past year has been awful, but it's been so much worth... God, I'm ruining this moment, right? I've been lonely. This past year has been awful, but it's so much worse without you around. Margot, I want you to know that there was never anyone else, just you. I've missed you so much. The two were looking directly at each other now, and Henry started to lean in. I've missed you too, Margot whispered as she moved closer to Henry. 
The moment disappeared instantly as Stephen and Aaron came trudging through the trees behind them. Margot sat straight up, blushing and looking the opposite direction from Henry. In embarrassment, Henry stood up and managed to say, Um, let me help you with that. Stephen refused with wide eyes. No, we can handle it. Aaron tried to smooth over the situation. We can come back, Stephen. Let's just drop the wood and we'll come back. As Roland returned to the group, Henry plopped down on the log next to Margot, realizing that he had missed his chance. He knew he'd have other opportunities, but seeing the woman next to him made him impatient. Ooh, they're making up, I think. Aw, so nice. Drinking break! All right. You guys excited? Okay, we're going to change. We're going to change scenes again here. This is exciting. <clears throat> Philip Lafleur, that's right, Philip Lafleur, listened in boredom as two other magistrates quibbled across the round room from him. The argument involved staffing levels at two village outposts. One problem with maintaining power over such a large dominion was the allocation of the limited number of loyal mages, normally warrior mages, in different areas. As one of the central magistrates, Philip rarely cared about what the regional magistrates did, as long as order was maintained. Behind the two mages currently arguing, one of the large oak doors to the round room opened slightly. I keep saying round room, and I think this was supposed to be like the round, you know, like quotes, the round room, like capital letters, proper noun kind of thing, but it's not capitalized anywhere. Huh. Weird. All right. A young man wearing his bright red cloak of the magistrate slipped into the room and stood at attention just on the step leading down from the doors. The mage next to Philip signaled for the two talking mages to be silent and said, Yes, what's important enough to interrupt? I have a message for Sir Philip. It concerns his sister, said the standing mage. What does Janelle want? Philip asked. The young mage shifted uncomfortably before continuing. Ah, uh, no, sir. I meant your other sister. <laughs> Anger swept across Philip's face, and many of the other magistrates laughed quietly at the faux pas that the reporting mage, the reporting mage had just perpetrated. That's a long word. I have no, quote, other sister. Do you understand... Right? Quotes with single quotes. So, he's, yeah, yeah. I hope he did the quote signal in the air. Okay. I have no, quote, other sister. Do you understand? He scolded. Now, I assume... I, now, I would assume this has to do with a certain Henry McCallum and a young girl he's escorting. Yes, sir. That is correct. Our agent is now amongst them. Ooh, who is it? Who is it? And he has arranged that we intercept the small group tomorrow evening, the man said, regaining some composure. Wonderful! The girl should be taken alive, of course, he paused, realizing an interesting opportunity may arise. Have them attempt to capture any of the mages. They are quite powerful and will make excellent test subjects for the Extractor. Capital E, so that's a proper noun. <laughs> What do you think the extractor is? Ooh, I know, but you don't yet. 
All right, so exciting. Many of the other magistrates perked up upon hearing this idea. Excellent idea, one exclaimed. Perfect. We can have a warlock present tomorrow, another offered. Any of the mages, sir? The reporting mage asked. You heard me. Any of them, Philip responded with an evil grin. He was pleased that the black mark on his family's reputation might be erased as soon as tomorrow. Ooh. Uh, so in case you're not aware, that's obviously Margot's brother, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is the end of Chapter 9. Again, I have a blank page right after it ends. I wonder, how does this happen in, like, the ebook? If you have an ebook, write in and tell me if there are blank pages at the end of these the misnumbered chapters in the ebook. So, let's move on to some discussion questions and other goodies. So, I don't think Chapter 9 was quite as boring as I thought it would be. It was a lot of, like, uh, chintzy foreshadowing and that kind of nonsense. What did we learn from it, though? We learned that Margot has a brother and a sister, right? Uh, we learned um, that Margot enjoys shoes. You know, I think we already knew that. Did that ever come up before? I'm not sure. I think it did. I think it did. I Who knows? Um, what else did we learn? Hmm... Uh, so, it was kind of a dull chapter. It was short. It had to set up some plot aspects, I think. Uh, not my favorite. Not my favorite. A lot of walking and camping. Kind of dull when it goes to that. God damn, they were walking. They went through multiple villages on this walk. Like, how fast are they going? How fa- this, isn't a, this is not a discussion question, but how, like, how many miles do you think they cover in a day? I, what, I can probably do, what, a 15-minute mile walking if I'm kind of hurrying. Well, I can do, not probably. You know, if I'm walking briskly, not my fastest, but definitely not casually. But I don't know if I could keep that up, like, all day, you know, and then just stop for magic sandwiches and cheese. That's probably not going to work. But I don't know. It's just, it seems a little lazy to just say they walk through a lot of towns. Like, I was kind of brushing off all these aspects of this, but... It was pretty exciting, right? We saw Margot and Henry are falling back in love, maybe. Ooh, it's so cute, right? Um, yeah. Good chapter. Good chapter. So, let's get right into discussion questions, shall we? All right. So, what does Henry say exactly? Let me look this up here. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think... So, Henry's explaining Margot's shoe fetish, right? She has a thing for shoes, that's all. I think she gets especially excited about off-world shoes, right? So, Aaron was wearing just some crappy old sneakers. So, my first discussion question is, what is your favorite shoe? And I'm talking, like, specific shoe, okay? Don't give me some Nikes nonsense. Like, I have... What would be my... Favorite shoe. Hmm. Favorite shoe. Favorite shoe. Favorite shoe. Well, right now, I would probably say I have some, uh, like, uh, brown loafers. Huh? Do I sound like an old man? But they're pretty comfy. They look classy. They're L.L. Bean. So, you know, they're going to... I can return them, right? <clears throat> when, when they get all shitty. 
But I think they're pretty snazzy, and I don't think they're going to fall apart ever. They get like that leather sole or whatever they make it out of. It's not... Yeah, they seem real classy. Can you hear the jingling? That's another Tito's and Ice. Mm-hmm. Mm. So write in to about your favorite shoe and why it's your favorite. I'd love to hear. All right. Oh, okay. Question two. Right. Let's see here. Let me go back and just give you a little context. <clears throat> so we we learned Roland would be joining our group, right? And it says Roland appeared with a walking staff in a bag. So my discussion question here is, what is your opinion of walking staffs? That seems like uh, I might be asking, like, that seems like something a wizard would carry, but I gotta tell you, I see plenty of people, there's somebody in my freaking neighborhood who has a walking staff. You can't call it a cane if it's not, what, at like hip level. It's taller than that, it's a stick, you know what I mean? I just did hand motions, so... You know, for everybody who's not in the live audience in my basement, you know, I mean like one where you're, you're holding it sideways. It doesn't like bend like a cane. What do you think of them? Because I see people who clearly don't need them. Oh, and you know what? If you know why you would have a walking staff, please write in as well because I don't understand their purpose. Is it to test for landmines? That's the only thing I can think of. Uh, or, or those... What are those, what do they call those holes in the ground where you put leaves over it and then you, the person falls in and dies? Yeah, those two. That walking staff, you could poke it and be like, oh, there's no ground here. Maybe quicksand too. Did you ever think like, uh, I, they used to have quicksand in so many like Looney Tunes cartoons. I thought as a kid that quicksand was going to be an actual problem when I was an adult. And here I am. I've never seen quicksand. But the cartoons made it seem like I'd encountered, I don't know, every other day. All right, I'm going way off tangent, and I'm betting my wife thinks it's because I'm on my second glass of vodka. But I'm just trying to make this interesting. i got to fill time, right? All right, discussion question number three. This is a real question. Uh, they're all real questions. Uh, who's the agent that infiltrated the group, right? Margot's evil brother said something about that, and we need to figure out who it is. So who do we have in the group, right? We have Aaron, who I'm guessing is not the bad person, right? We have Henry, who hasn't given any sign that he's working with the bad guys. He is a bad person, though, because he keeps abandoning cars everywhere. Uh, it Could it be Margot, huh? She's pretty pissed off all the time. Could be her. Could be her. Could it be Steven, huh? The innkeeper boy who just joined the group? Ooh. Maybe, maybe. Or is it Roland? Roland, who just joined them now and has a walking staff. And I've questioned the applicability of walking staffs to practical life. So, I don't know. I happen to know who the bad guy is here. Uh, so, unless you're reading ahead, you probably wouldn't know. So, who do you think it is? Who's giving the signs that they're a bad guy? I will say that I've probably given it away, sort of, in earlier chapters just by pointing out who's main characters and who's who aren't who isn't a main character right so write in right so if you want to write in you can go to jeffreadsbook.com and on that website i have links to my twitter account that's fortran jeff my mastodon account so that would be in the fediverse right jba at mastodon.sdf.org if you're a huge nerd 
Or you can always email me at jba at sdf.org. I wonder if you can even make out those letters, though. S-D-F. Those are some unfortunate letters to use for a domain, but it stands for Super Dimensional Fortress, and it's pretty rad, so check it out sometime. So that ends Episode 9. I'd love to hear from anybody listening to the show, even if it's to tell me that I suck. Uh, This podcast was a little raspy today, and it was brought to you by Sinus Infections. That's right. If you feel like your head doesn't feel explody enough, get yourself a sinus infection today and you'll never be able to sleep. Anyway, all my listeners, I hope you enjoyed episode 9 and we'll be back next week with a chapter 10 that could be exceptionally dull or very exciting. I'm really not sure yet. But until then, keep on reading. Keep on reading.